The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon. This is Library Users of America. I'm the president, Judy Wilkinson, and we're thrilled to have the NLS director. We are thrilled to have Mr. Broughton here with us this afternoon. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. And uh, I want to say in introducing uh, Mr. Broughton, this gentleman came to this convention Thursday night and has been wandering around introducing himself to folks. I caught him in one of the lawyers' meetings yesterday listening to updates on uh, latest uh, legislative activities, and he has just been everywhere. And I, I can't, uh, I certainly know of one director we've had in the past who never would have done that. So with all that said, uh, we will begin with questions. And because we, I want to introduce my fellow panelists that are in the, Paul, Paul Edwards is, is our vice president of library users and Brian Charlson is on the panel and he's in the zoom room. So those three people, and we're going to try to keep as quiet as possible. Uh, but we will start with, um, Paul, do you have a first question? Of course you do. First, Mr. Broaden, thank you so much for being here. Um, and, and, and I guess I was going to ask whether or not you have any initial feedback on how the Braille on-demand program is going. I know it just started on the, the 20th of June, so it's pretty early, but um, we are very excited by the program. We'd love to hear a little more. Again, thank you so much for having me here. It is just wonderful to be with you at this conference. And as some have said, and yes, I'm sitting in the presence of two Judys uh, within that. Within that, Judy Dixon let me know yesterday when I came out of nowhere and said, I just finished a walk going across the pedestrian bridge. And she went, you are everywhere. I cannot believe this. I turn around you're everywhere. I'm just out and about here in Omaha. But on to the question about the Braille on demand. Well, sitting across from me is the head of our collection development, Alice O'Reilly. So I'll give you what the perspective is from what we have seen. And she can really go into the wonderful details because it has been beyond what we expected. In launching this, we took a commitment to examine what does it look like to have different formats. This is made possible, however, and I want to be upfront about that, by some of the things that we have had come to us unexpectedly. And this would be, I would just drag it out for those who know me. I like to drag things out into the open. The elephant in the room, which is going to be talking books topics. Within that, that has allowed us, because we've had to stop based on a few things per the law, we use the general printing office and can't do anything at this moment for a while, to re-examine the current money that we have. And we are utilizing that for a variety of different formats and products and pilots. When Alice worked with Tamara and they talked about this conversation on Braille, they launched this idea, which I approved, and it has just grown wonderfully. It is unexpected into the demand and how fast people took to this item. I'm going to let Alice O'Reilly tell you about what the numbers look like. And we've only had it going on, what, barely three weeks? Barely three? But within the first week, I can definitely say it shot from when I asked, like, how's it going on Monday? Oh, we have just a few. And then on Friday, it's like, oh, my goodness, I need to talk to you. <laughs> so, Alice, I'm going to turn this over to you. 
Great, thank you. So, um, yeah, I, my name is Alice O'Reilly. I'm the chief of the collections division. And uh, Tamara Rory, who's the patron engagement section head, and I had this idea a while ago. And, you know, the time was finally ripe with the e-reader and with the way that we've kind of launched this Braille modernization effort at NLS, looking at different ways to produce Braille, but also kind of acknowledging the sophistication of our patrons. And that some things you might want to read on your e-reader, while some things you might want in hard copy. There might be reference material you want to have access to and refer to over and over again, or maybe it's your favorite book. So, you know, kind of looking at the way that people, our patrons are consuming their content and leaning into kind of like what patrons uh, might want to do and how they might want to be able to access our materials. Also, so many things are available electronically. We wanted to make sure that if you preferred to read hard copy, that was an option for you. That all being said as background, um, it's been great. You know, we've had so many orders. We're averaging I don't think I'm telling any secrets here, but about 12 um, books a day. Uh, we, this is, you know, I, we're hoping that it, it builds momentum. I think it's a really great option for people, you know, who know what they want to read. It's a book of the month club. Some people ordered, you know, we got a lot of orders for Harry Potter book one. And since it's, you know, order a new book every month, I think we're going to get a lot of Harry Potter book twos next month. <laughs> And we'll just look at those, you know, all the way through. But it's great. And I'll tell you that um, it's it's not your hardbound Braille. It's, um, you know, it's it's a soft, soft cover. Uh, and I think generally speaking, it's a little bit more compressed. So it's nice to read. You don't have to like really um, deal with so much like volume just to have things around the house. Um, but if you um, it, it's also sent to you in one box. So you don't have to worry about losing, you know, volume seven of your 30 volume Braille book, which is so annoying. Um, so there's a lot of value added uh, things there. The time, you know, seems to be a real quick turnaround. We're working on maintaining that. Um, I would encourage anybody who is interested in reading hard copy, you don't have to have an order every month. You know, you can just order one thing that you might be interested. I will say that um, our first, our very first order was ukulele chords. But don't order music because they'll make it for you already. So we're happy to like um, help talk to patrons. Some people order DBs when I know they meant to order BRs. So there's a real customer service angle. We're trying to like you know keep in touch with patrons, let them know where their content is. Um, we're being you know we have some um, order form information that's available across our um, offices, and we're also feeding this back to your network libraries on a monthly basis, so it can go into your circulations and your hazards. Um, so we'll. We're trying to like, you know, touch all the bases, but this is a pilot. If you see something that we, you think needs some, to be changed, if you see something that, you know, could, you know, we could benefit from knowing, we'd love to get that feedback. We do have an email, um, braillondemand at loc.gov. Um, so let us know if there's something that you think needs to be updated or if you're having any confusions with the process. We really want to make sure that everybody has what they want to read in the format that they prefer. And one disclaimer, um, bookshelf not included. We will put it back out on the Lua members and Lua talk list so that people have that link. It may not happen until we get home, but we'll get it back out to our members so that you have it handy. Um, you have a, one, a Zoom call, Monica? Yes. Kathy Dawson? Hi. I have a comment and then just a question. Um, I was wondering if you could possibly set up some um, Zoom sessions with the state libraries, so that uh, not every we have to call just Utah and flood them with information, uh, questions, and things that you can have some sessions with the state libraries so they can help us with these e-readers. Being a former state librarian, 
that is something I can definitely connect with, uh, being the state librarian of Vermont prior to this. And recently, we just hosted um, a large portion of them for coming to the American Library Association Conference in D.C., where they were at the National Library Service. And some of them were there many, many years ago, and others were there for the first time. So they learned about the service there. But that is something that we can definitely connect with and set up, I would say, conversations on what it means to understand NLS and also the network libraries and helping people navigate the e-reader pilot and requirements. We can definitely do that. Good afternoon. I'm Sheila Young from Orlando, Florida. Yay, Pinellas Talking Book Library. <laughs> Congrats to the sub-regional. Congrats to that sub-regional. And I was on the LOI, uh, LOI uh, judging committee, and it was really tough for me. Um, and I used to live in, believe it or not, Clearwater a very oh, wow. long time ago, off of Largo Road, a long, long time. <laughs> well, my question is your patron, quarterly patron meetings that you had um, couple weeks ago. I want to know how we get on the email list to find out when they are because I received it via forwarded email. So I think it's something that a lot of people would be very interested in. I thought it was very informative. So how do we get on the email? With that, we have a specialized unit that we can get you in contact with. And that's going to be like barred support to sign up for those items. I'm quite, that's what Don Olson and a few other people I think who would navigate it, but we can get you on that list. Again, very doable, no issues there. And again, we, uh, we always send this out. Uh, Paul Edwards takes care of distributing this to the Lua Talk, the Lua members, BRL. He uh, and, and I will both make sure that this gets distributed far and wide, Sheila, to a lot of our ACB lists. Now, another Zoom call, Monica? Yes, Michelle Duquette. Hi, um, I'm interested in participating in the, in the um, Lady A skill that, that, that was discussed on the Braille Buzz. Do you have any information about that and how, and, and can I, what, how, how should I email to, to that? I'm going to let Judy Dixon or answer this one because this handles more in her area. Hold on, I hand it to Judy. Thank you, thank you, Jason. Yes, we are taking names right now for people who want to participate in a beta test of the NLS Alexa skill or Google Home skill. You can choose which whichever device you have. You can choose to be part of one or the other betas. So if you would, Zoom guys, send your email address and name to, she, her name is Tamara Rory, R-O-R-I-E, and her email address is T-R-O-R at LLC.gov. So if you would send your name and your email address and which speaker you want to test so that you can be put on the beta list, that would be great because we're collecting names and it's, it's going to start at the end of September. So that's T-R-O-R at LLC.gov. I have a question about the arrangement of formatting within Talking Book Topics and Braille Book Review. Uh, the, the book listings in Talking Book Topics might be like the life story of Adam Rushable, DB9827689, Five-Minute Reading Time by Carla Rushable. Now, I 
would like to see the title and the author next to each other instead of split apart, either the author first and title or vice versa, then give the reading time and DB number. Because by the time I see the author, I've already forgotten what the book is. Now, Braille Book Review also does that a little bit, but it's, they split the two, I think, just by the DB number or something. And I'd like to see that change. I can definitely get in touch with our communications department on that. There might be a specific reason as to why that is required, given how we have to construct it and the way things are required, let's say, per a few contracts in the government. But that is being noted, and I will take this back to them so that they can probably have that announced in a unique way. <clears throat> what I'd like to do is as we get these questions and we're writing them down, and I'd probably like to do a sheet of answers back out to the community to know what has been answered and what has been left open um, with this. So this is a great one for what I call our communications department to look at because they construct TBT for us within that. Thank you. Next, we have Jamaica Perfect. Miller. Yes. My question is about the new players coming out. Are they going to have um, a place for the um, the, cart the, the cartridges to go into the players? Thank you. Yes, they will always have that. We have not crafted anything, I would say, in our challenge design that is without a cartridge at the moment. The only one would be the user, what user interface um, item that we're looking at for the future. At current, all items will have an accessible tape location for USB and a whole host of other items. Joe Marshall from Oklahoma. I'm interested in the foreign language collection and especially for children. This is going to be a great question for Alice. Um, you have hit an area that we are looking to grow within. And within that, we are looking for a variety of, I would say, new and innovative things. But Alice is easily taking the helm on this and can talk on it. That's a great question. Um, so for content that's not in English, and especially for children, we um, recently signed on to the Marrakesh Treaty. And that gives us access to a lot of materials um, in non-English languages. We are also um, trying to buy more and more content, you know, from, um, from publishers who might um, make that content for commercial use and make that available for our patrons. Um, I recently um, spoke with a woman who gave me a contact for um, some Navajo and Hopi languages. Um, and so we're looking always to expand our collection of um, world languages, especially for children. We're going to create some Spanish print braille moving forward so we can have not just English print braille, but also, you know, print braille books in Spanish. Uh, so if you have some specific ideas or if you feel like the collection has some gaps that you'd like to identify, that's often a great, you know, if you can let us know that there's a book that you're interested in or an area, um, you know, we're really interested in getting that feedback. But rest assured, that's a real important thing for us is building our non-English, you know, our world language collection. And we have a wonderful um, foreign language librarian who's working on that. Her name is Kelsey Corlett Rivera. And she, um, she's very, very dedicated, but also very, very creative. So if there's a need, she'll, she'll find an outlet. You know, she'll find a source so we can get that content available. Did you have a specific language? I know no follow-up questions, Judy, but still. <laughs> French. How to learn French or French for children? or 
Okay, well, um, have you looked at our Behind the Wheel series that's both in Braille and audio format? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, well, I am going to stay after, and I'm going to get your name, and I'll make sure that we get you some resources for French. We're also looking at different formats of magazines, um, for magazines that were already narrated, um, so you can kind of read shorter things. There's a lot of children's content, though, especially if you're an um, adult language learner and you'd like to read some, you know, high-interest, low-difficulty content. Uh, we have a lot of stuff I know in French. So we can, um, we can work on finding you the right content. It's definitely in the collection. We just have to get it to you. Okay. Thanks so much. Um, the Behind the Wheel series is, is available in Spanish uh, print. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Braille and audio. It's wonderful. And I understand they've just come out with the audio French and the Braille should soon follow. So, and then there are other languages coming. We can get behind all these languages. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a couple from the Zoom because, because. Okay. Fran Sign. Hi, Jason. I'm Fran from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I was wondering about this new player that's coming out. Is it going to have Wi-Fi connectivity? And will we be a well? Will we be able to delete books directly from a cartridge that we created ourselves? Thank you. Well, the first part I would say yes, Wi-Fi connectivity. As far as creation of the books yourself, Judy Dixon is telling me that yes, you can do that on the newer devices. I know that was under like some research parts and had not bubbled up to me. But Judy, you want to say some items on the creation of? books to the cartridge yourself if you put a digital talking book on the on a cartridge yourself something you downloaded from bard that kind of thing then yes you you can manage your bookshelf this device calls it a bookshelf it will look at the books that you downloaded from bard directly to the machine it'll look at the books on the cartridge and if the cartridge is not right protected so if you did it yourself it's not then also it will look at flash drives. You can plug just a regular old USB flash drive also with books you've sideloaded yourself. So, and you can manage all of the books in the same way from these various sources. And yes, you can, you can remove a book. Carrie Johnson. Yes, thank you uh, for my, uh, having my question. Uh, this is for Jason, I guess. Is there a, uh, a liaison between NLS and some of these other groups, um, such as the uh, Open Library or the uh, um, Internet Archive? Uh, is there some NLS liaison with those folks? Because they uh, seem to have books that are daisy formatted text to speech and um, they refer you to NLS and want your NLS uh, information so that they can uh, link your account some way to NLS and mine was having some problem so I was just wondering if there's a liaison or if you know any other resource for for that. Again here's a, a very timely question because the American Library Association had its conference in Washington, D.C. Someone at the Internet Archive uh, reached out to me, who I had not spoken to in years as a state librarian when I was there, connected with me, and we are having conversations about 
what it looks like to discuss this. Of course, there would be lots and lots of conversation that must take place, given that you would be working with the federal government and the Library of Congress itself in this area. But we do have an in-house person um, in the office of the director. Matthew uh, Field is the main person who sets up these relationships. And within that, though, we are taking it slow um, with Internet Archives. I would just say there are some things that the library itself would need to examine. There's a bit of litigation that they have in front of them that needs to kind of be discussed um, before we can kind of move forward fast, I would say, with it. But we are in conversation with that. I'm always happy to talk to a host of people to see what we can do and where we can connect when it comes to resource sharing, collaborations, and just simply expanding our collection. So I say yes, and if I have not, and you feel that there are some people that you'd like me to talk to, feel free to send that to me so I can get that on the calendar and have a conversation to see where it leads. Next, we'll go to Lori. Hi, um, I'm Lori Kastner from California. And quite a while ago, I went into BARD and went into settings so that um, I would, in recently added books, receive only books in English but I'm still receiving in that list many other languages. So is what should I do? And is there a way to just get one language such as French? I'd like to get French books listed, but not other languages. That one kind of has me a little bit intrigued as far as if there's a glitch somewhere that we are unaware of, because usually there are certain limiters that one can examine, but I'd almost need to kind of see what it is that the system is looking at when you made your selections because sometimes these things can be fully open to receiving all and there usually is a way to limit that to receive a few items i just don't know where that is exactly in the system oh and yeah nls download would be able to kind of examine those items but if you i was okay if you are still having a problem please email that to us so we can walk through that with you to see what it looks like and Judy Dixon, let me know the email to send that to is nlsdownload at loc.gov. nlsdownload at loc.gov to send that comment. And I also heard Judy say that, no, you cannot just get one language. You can search by one language, yes. But you can't just get recently added to only give you one. Okay. Uh, do we have any uh, hands in the room or... Uh, okay. And, and, and this is actually pretty, pretty mean of me to take a second question, but it's, I, I think it's an interesting one. <laughs> See, there you go. Um, so my, my question is, at the moment, um, Braille books that are being distributed for use by e-readers um, are, com are comprised primarily of books that have already been recorded by NLS and are in the Bard Collection. And I wondered whether any consideration is being given to broadening the range of books that will be made available because of the, the huge number of ebooks that are out there and, and could potentially be available. What a good idea, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, as Judy said, watch this space. You know, we, um, we, are, we agree with you that finding more content 
and making it available, but also the e-reader gives us a lot more flexibility and how what, how and what we can you know make available in electronic braille, both from things that we're sourcing from Marrakesh and outside you know non NLS produced content, but also what we're able to produce using EPUBs and you know braille. Go ahead, oh, Newsline, Bookshare. <laughs> We've got lots of content, yeah. So the goal is to make more and more things available, and we are trying to do it as quickly but as stably as possible. Um, so yeah, I think that, that the future is bright when it comes to Braille modernization, and in this instance, modernization means a lot more content, um, a lot more books uh, made both in audio and Braille format, um, more interesting you know, content that um, surpasses what we've been able to create historically because of some more traditional um, production schemas. So we're looking to modernize, and I think the result will be really positive for all of our Braille reading patrons. Amber will be next. Hi, this is Amber Steet. How are you doing? Doing fine. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, it is summer reading program season, and I was wondering if there was any chance that NLS would do anything like that. I know Braille Institute did at one point, but I just love the summer reading program, so I'd, I'd love to see NLS do that. All right. Now, there's two parts to this. I can wholeheartedly say coming from that public library background that that is something that we are interested in. We do have already in place a lot of our network libraries working with our public libraries and state libraries to put that on. But if you're asking if NLS would somehow be a little bit more involved, we can look and examine what that looks like because the summer reading program is due in part to the summer reading collaborative uh, clsp is what it's known and you kind of sign on to that but yes is the answer to summer reading on both levels ask your ask your state library because i know in california we have a fabulous summer reading program with our northern no, uh, talking now. book library and so first right. i would say and this is me being arrogant and taking over here uh ask your state library for sure Make them do it. Okay, we have Michael Malware next. Hey, uh, just a quick comment and a question. I hope over time the Braille on demand could be finessed a little bit. I'm thinking specifically about what it might be like to be a blind parent and want to be able to see your very, very young child uh, have you see reading from a physical book. And it seems to me that if you can order something like Harry Potter, that a, a parent should be able to order more than just like green eggs and ham once a month. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is it would be nice to somehow make it more paged based or something so that you could build a children's library. And my question is, I was also thinking of ordering a piece of music um, and thinking it was a little unfair because I'd be ordering like 10 pages for the month. What is the proper way to get music given that I would want to keep it for probably a really long time? With that, our music department, we handle that, I would say, directly in-house. You'd be contacting us um, at our music section. I do know this has kind of come up before, and I can kind of give you the response that Juliet Apol, who oversees music, likes to let people know. While you cannot just get the music and just keep it almost indefinitely, you can continuously renew it to have it for a very long time. And the goal of that is we just need to keep track of where the music and the music items are. But you do get to keep it for a very, very long time. 
I would say you can connect with us and we can work out specific items just to kind of understand, um, I would say, your length of time. Because if you're learning something, yes, it might take months to even a couple of years. We just need to know where it is last listed so that we can say where it is. But definitely, you can keep it for long extended periods and continuously renew musical, I would say, items that we have in the collection. Linda Yaks? Hi there. How is everyone doing? I'm wondering if Arkansas has actually been included in the um, e-reader distribution yet. Oh, that is a good, right now we're all kind of uh, examining. I would have to go into my phone, which I would have to kind of examine for a moment to see. I know we have 37 states. I will look into that. But what is your question about? Um, I just I would like I, I would really like to get the e-reader, and mm -hmm. you know, and I'm in a position right now if I don't get something fairly soon, I'm going to have to buy something. Because I have other other uses for Braille, uh, uh, refreshable Braille, and um, I just was curious because you know I'm a senior and finances are tight. And uh, I understand. I will say we uh, we are working on the case. Uh, my team with me, um, and then Alice is kind of connecting with a few things to look at it because we do have the list. We just didn't have it in front of us, and we hope to provide you that answer before the end of this session to make sure if Arkansas okay. is within that. Well. I will be here. Thank you very much. All right. Okay, Jeanette, ask your question. My question is <clears throat> about the music library. I use it a lot, and there are two things I notice. One is if, you, if I know the name of a specific music thing that I want, I can go to the catalog and search for it by name or by author. But one of the things I'm wondering is, will there ever be a way on BARD that we can browse through to see categories um, by author letter so that we can see what's in the collection for those times when we are looking for pieces at our ability level, but we don't know the actual name we just know that certain authors uh composers have written pieces that we might be able to learn but we don't know how to browse and find them and hey this is alice um i think what might really work for you is if you call the music section directly and speak with one of the um, librarians who work there because they really know what's in the collection and maybe can give you some some tips on you know how it's organized you know discoverability is a key piece of you know any library system. So we want to make sure that you can find it on your own, but maybe a place to start that conversation would be to call the music section. I know they've And is some... their number listed on the website? Yes. Oh, and Jason is now taking the the reference librarian role and looking it up. So we'll get that number in one minute. Um, but yeah, there there is, and they also um, are really responsive by email, at least to me. Um, yeah, no, they uh, have been with me. I, I've been uh, yeah. thrilled. They're great. So I think that, yeah, they're really dedicated to and they really know their collection. So if there's, um, if you want to like describe what you're looking for, sometimes they can lead you in a direction that you didn't know was, you know, available. But there might also be some tips and tricks for searching the catalog by um, level, by skill level or something like that. There might be more to that catalog record than, um, than you're looking in. I know that they're working hard to make their catalog records really kind of rich and like full of information that helps you discover exactly what you're looking for. So I'm sure they'd love to have this conversation with you. I'm going to pass it to Jason. He's got the number for you. 
All right, I'll give you the email and the number. So to contact them by email, it's going to be NLS and the letter M at LOC.gov. And that again is NLS, the letter M at LOC.gov. And the phone number is 800 424 8567, extension number 2. 800 424 8567, extension 2. This Adam. is Adam again. I want to go back to uh, BBR and TBT. Uh, in the Braille book review, uh, the Talking Book and uh, Braille magazines are listed. But in Talking Book Topics, the Braille magazines are not listed. And I think it would be nice uh, if they were uh, just because some Talking Book readers may be Braille uh, magazine readers as well, but they may not get both publications. And so I, I think it'd be good to include the Braille magazines in TBT. With that, I think that's going to go into content length is something that we definitely are trying to observe. Again, without getting into the weeds, this is all about federal contracts and how much you want to pay <laughs> based on your appropriation. But I will say we will take this back to our communications team, and I know though one aspect they would probably come back to me and say is, okay, we can do that, but do people want to read that many additional pages based on trying to get it all in? Not saying that your question is not important, but maybe it's going to be where they look at it a little bit differently to see what that can, can look at. So I know that it has to do with how much more people might have to read if we actually go that length. <laughs> Oh, back to one item. We just found from Alice that Arkansas is in the pilot. So you should be hearing something, I would say, rather soon. It is important. Yes, connect to, connect to your network library in Arkansas. I do know, however, as Tamara would tell people, there are some things that we need to do in the front end, make sure that people are comfortable, they have the resources and have the training to get that rolled out. But please connect with the Arkansas network library in your region because we understand that they are on the list for the e-readers. Brian here. I'm a lover of all things graphics. Um, what is NLS doing in order to uh, enable blind and visually impaired people to access graphical information? Now, when you say graphical, are I'm, I'm having a few things from my library side come up. Are you asking like graphic novels, things with a no, I'm, Okay, No, I'm referring specifically to raised line graphics. Ah, there we go. Okay. Always got to be, I would say, very specific. <laughs> in a unique way. <laughs> yes, you, you you got the wonderful person in the room, Alice O'Reilly, who can talk to you about, again, things that we have in our collections. I will say we are opening up a lot of new things that we want to examine to see, not what's working, but see what people are wanting to have more of. So just know that we are in a state of, I call it, play and examination. And again, we need your feedback when we do this. So, Alice. Hey, Brian, this is Alice. Um, yeah, I, so as part of the Braille modernization effort, we started with Braille on Demand as our first pilot. But my second pilot and longtime wish is um, severable tactile graphics. I, I want to make more graphics available as um, things that you can order separately. 
So if you are an audiobook reader, then you can get the tactile graphics. If you want to read on your e-reader, you can get the tactile graphics associated with that. Um, the example I always use is the Game of Thrones. It's, you know, a million volumes of Braille. There's one map and you need it for the whole thing, but it only comes in the first book. Um, and if you're an audio reader, you don't even get that tactile graphic and you have no idea what's going on. So I completely agree with you. Um, digging into making more and more tactile graphics available, but also finding a way to kind of like separate them and pull them out of the hard copy Braille book that's only circulated by libraries and make them available for people who are reading in lots of different ways. Um, you know, we're really excited about that option. It's the next, it's on deck for our, our next um, Braille modernization project. Uh, I'm sure there'll be you know, more to come. We've got to figure out how to do it, basically. So if you've got some ideas, uh, let me know. Um, it's, it's, it's a great idea. I think it's really going to change the way that people are able to consume different types of content. Originally got this idea from a patron, um, a guy who was reading a book about um, chemistry. And he said, wouldn't it be great to know what the atom actually, you know, is shaped like? You know, they're just, they're telling me about these atoms. And I know there's a picture, but I don't have any idea what's happening. Um, so I think that there's a lot of a lot of books that could benefit from um, a severable tactile graphic packet. Uh, and even if you're not a Braille reader, it might be something that you're interested in. So I completely agree. Um, you know, once again, watch this space. We're looking forward to digging into this um, this project and this opportunity with, um, with lots of enthusiasm. Hi, this is Chris Hunsinger. And here are my wishes. Um, I wish that there were more detailed descriptions of some of the pictures um, in books. Authors spend time um, making choices about pictures, and we only get the I would like to, in magazines, have, this is crazy, most people won't think this is fun, but, you know, ads are not only selling product, but they're also informing us about things that we might not know about as people with vision loss. And I know that they took, you know, they never put ads in our magazines, but there's lots of stuff out there that we just don't know about. And then that could pay for part of NLS's bills. As I am uh, definitely at the table, one of the things that would probably stop us on the ad item as part of our existence, federal requirements probably would not allow us to do that in the way to have ads connected to our content in the way that you would do for advertising uh, in the current market itself. So that one is probably a no-go. We can always ask, though, our Office of General Counsel to dig up the actual legislation. So I do have that on the list, and they would be happy to tell me no, and here's why. <laughs> but the other one, yes, we would definitely look at what it looks like to deal with uh, detailed information on captions and pictures. I'm going to ask the one of the elephant in the room questions. Um, I was so um, impressed yesterday at the focus group that I attended when you, Jason, basically said, what could I have done differently about this topping, talking book topics matter? I'd like to give you a chance to tell us uh, on what exactly is happening with the printing office and, and why you had to make that decision, why you will probably have to make it for Braille Book Review, and I mean, why you have made it for Braille Book Review, and what, what we might expect down the line. So here's, here's your chance, and we really appreciate, I appreciate yesterday, your sincerity about asking us what, what, could, what could I have done different, because we all you know, have 2020 hindsight. Again, Judy, thank you so much, and I appreciate really this question because it has weighed on myself and definitely a lot of people on our staff 
when we had to examine what the environment was based upon, I would say, COVID. So within that, we are required by law to work with the General Printing Office, which we call GPO. And in knowing that they are the holder of our contracts and all things that we need to have printed in large-scale items, TBT requires a certain specific set or type of paper that goes through a unique process and typeset. When COVID hit and those, I would say, supply chain items started to stop and shrivel up, they came back to us and said, okay, here's your time frame for how we operate. You're not going to have anything happen until after 2023. You'll be lucky if we talk to you again in the summer of 2023. And that was it. Closed book. No conversation. And again, we are required by law to utilize their service, not that we wouldn't want to. They are very helpful, and they kind of are giving us guidance on expectations, followed by when things begin to roll back up. Please keep in mind it would take us about six months to go through review, put things out to bid because the market's going to change. And so they just gave us all our parameters. In understanding that, the decision, I would say, rested with me. I have a lot of wonderful people. Two of them are in the room who give me lots of insight and advice. And then it is up to me as the final decision maker to then say how we should proceed. There is also another Jason at NLS. So know that it is the reign of the Jasons. Jason Yasner is my deputy. And so you have Jason Broughton as director and Jason Yasner as deputy director. And as we looked at this entire conversation, we also know in the background something that we have to keep in mind as well. Just as you are working in any type of government, rarely do you get to sit on money and have it transition into another fiduciary year without having some attachment to it. But our government basically says, you better spend this money. So we knew that we wanted to do something immediately, which then allowed us to think outside the box saying, okay, TBT is not happening. What do we want to now do? Alice has come to that and said, oh, well, can we? And we went off in a direction collections. We then had Tamara come in and said, well, what about this with patient engagement? Can we start doing things like this? And so we have redirected the funds into pilot projects. And we are hearing about things that people have slowly started to tell us that they never knew they actually really wanted and are loving it. Will it all work? Some of the things that might come out might not work. But guess what? It allows us this opportunity to try. With TBT, I did not understand fully who would be completely impacted and with that, I have to definitely apologize. There is a secondary group that has written me as well. And with that, I'm almost like crestfallen when it was. I received a letter from our incarcerated, um, blind, and vision-impaired persons in the penal system. And that really, really hurt my soul. I come from a workforce background, and so I worked with a lot of jails and prisons in South Carolina. And to know that they were not, because of security reasons, going to be getting what they wanted because we were stopping the print at this current moment really just kind of surprised me. So two groups were impacted, but with that, what we are working to do is to make sure that there are other available formats and that we continue to listen and to hear you on what we can offer and make things better. One of the things that I would highly, highly want, I would say all persons, but particularly those who are low vision, is to connect with us because we 
need you as part of our focus groups. We need you as part of our planning and design process to kind of review products to make sure that we are getting it right. You don't have to be right. We need to get this right. So I know that that has caused some consternation. It was not intentional, but within that, I needed to make some decisions fast. And this was one of the ways in which we realized we could redistribute this money in a way that was going to be what we believe wonderful, innovative, and working through some things that we had not done in a while to make our services much more accessible and applicable to all of you. So that's where things stand on that. It is in a stop period because GPO has said what they have said and we will connect with them periodically. But at this current moment, we don't plan on, in a sense, doing anything um, in this year when it comes to TBT printing. Now, I have had some people say, well, you keep saying it's a paper shortage. Yes, the best example I will give you is when the pandemic started, we might all remember that weird frenetic pace of go out and get your toilet paper. And then all of a sudden we had to realize like, well, I don't remember this thing saying that you were gonna pass away because you were gonna to go to the bathroom too much. But it did, if you paid attention, alert people to industrial strength toilet paper is one set of paper. And then your household ply sheets are different. Unless, of course, you like industrial sandpaper, toilet paper. Um, most of us do not. Within that, there are just two processes. As you can see, we ran out because that other system is not utilized as much as the industrial. And the same thing happens with large print, in a sense, that we deal with, which is like newspaper-style quality. Different way of, let say, printing it, having to go on different types of plates. And they just said that's going to take a lot longer. The sad part that we also have to navigate to which is not really your concern, but it is more or less for us to examine is, inflation is up. And GPO constantly reminds me that if you do restart this, it will be at 30% more. And that is at the current market. They said a year from now, things might be even worse. We just want you to know that because if you are going to do that, we will be giving you a price that you would need to examine to see what production looks like if you so choose to go forward. So that is also something that we are examining because everything is going up. But that's why I wanted to kind of let you know where things are at. And I know that that is seen as a really hard loss, but we were put in a position to make the best outcome that we could. And I believe that we are moving in that direction to just do things differently with that money and make different things accessible and available. Thank you so much for addressing this issue. Okay, let's go to Connie. Hi, Judy. Hi, Jason. So this is Connie Bateman from Sacramento, California, and, and I serve on the Braille and Talking Book Library User Advisory Council. And I have a question about books on demand in which multiple titles can be downloaded on one cartridge. A couple of people have told me that when they request series, a series to be downloaded on a cartridge, that the books are not downloaded in order. And so this makes it very difficult for them to navigate through the series and read them in order. Uh, is there something that can be done about that? Or is that just the way the program's set up? Thank you. I definitely am hearing from both Alice and also Judy that one of the things that the software that we have might be doing is just downloading it by, in a sense, book order as opposed to the series order of a book. It is probably going to be an algorithmic thing that we can check into internally, but I will just find out if there's anything that can be done to address that, because I can see why that would be um, slightly irritating is the best yeah, way to say it. confusing, very confusing. Okay. 
Thank you. Next, we'll go to Nero. Um, hi, Jason. I, by the way, I'm using the e-reader. I love it. Thank you. My question is, with the e-reader being just as a reader device, is, 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 are you guys ever going to be able to, us to be able to take short, small notes in the device? I would say definitely not with this current model. Now, that's an interesting design <laughs> option for examining. But Judy, you want to say something on this? Judy is having some comments. Hold on. You may recall when NLS produced cassette players, they couldn't record. And the reason they couldn't record is because the law that authorizes NLS authorizes us to produce books for people to read, not to make note takers. And so it's out of scope is essentially the answer. And our cassette machines, our digital talking book players don't record. And our e-readers aren't note-takers. 314, ending in 566, ask your question. Uh, yes, this is uh, Michael from St. Louis. Um, I uh, download books on the Victor stream, and I have a question. Would it be at all possible to work with HumanWare about maybe putting the, um, the foreign books in a category of their own? As it is now, they're all mixed in with the English, and it's very time-consuming to go through all those books. We got a question, uh, and with that, we can speak to HumanWare about that and see what that might look like, but... Oh, it's an API issue. Okay. It will just be brought up then to HumanWare to find out what they think of the item, but I can definitely say it might be a long time in coming, Michael. Sorry for that response. Okay, Julie McCullough? Yes. Um, is it possible that we could have a Bible that is more searchable? Because some of us use our Bibles in various ways, a variety of ways. Yes, collection development question. And know that we are definitely looking at sacred texts and a whole host of item. A holy host. Um, we, uh, yeah, that is one of the things that we're looking at right now. Obviously, we need to decide which Bible version we're doing. Um, there are other organizations um, who are making accessible Bibles who may have already done the work, so maybe we can kind of leverage some of the content that they've created. But yeah, that's that's one of the um, the asks and one of the things that we'd like to be able to provide in addition to um, the a really nice Braille dictionary. We have a number of um, big ticket items coming up. You know, that's one of the things that we're able to do now if we just like kind of think about the way that we're spending our money and make sure that we're providing things that patrons want. I know I'm supposed to keep my answer short, but um, I think that that's, that's a really important thing to make um, content that people need and want and, and make it in a really high quality accessible way. So yeah, let me take that shortened answer to a yes. We can, that's a goal for us. We're working on that project. Okay, next we'll go to Elizabeth. Um, this is Elizabeth Alexa from Pennsylvania. Um, I just published my first book, and I was curious how to get in touch with NLS to get the book involved with their system to get out there. What I would suggest first is that you connect with your local network library is the starting place so that they can begin having some conversations with you because you'd be very local in a nice way. And then they would let us start to know a few things about that because there are network libraries that can do some things on the ground first as opposed to connecting with us directly. But start there and they will let you know about what is needed and all the parameters that would need to be in place to make your book successful. Fantastic. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Next question. 
Sharon Strakowski. Hi, I'm Sharon Strakowski from Massachusetts. I'm curious about the narrator pool that NLS has and whether, as attrition happens, you would be hiring more people or going pretty much to commercial narrators solely. Thank you. Ooh, this is a great question because this sits also, again, in Alice O'Reilly a bit. We have a very large, I would say, wonderful group of people right now who do narration. And there's a lot of things that they look to do. But at the current moment, I'll let Alice talk about that. Sure. Um, you know, we work with our a group of producers who, you know, have um, contracts with us to produce narrated titles. We also have a studio in-house um, at the NLS um, offices. Um, we are always looking for a new talent. and We're looking to match talent um, really specifically with books, too. That's one of our new, you know, the things that we're trying to do to add diversity and equity and inclusion to the collection is to make sure that we match narrators and content appropriately so that and that requires an expansion an expansion of the pool so um, I think that in fact instead of an attrition we're seeing an augmentation you know we're seeing more and more narrators coming in maybe they're only doing you know five books a year instead of five books a week but you know we're definitely looking and asking very specifically to our contractors to expand their pool of narrators to make more people available so we have access to more um, more and diverse talent we're doing that locally at our studio so I think that um, the answer is yes to say you know are you we looking at expanding our, our narrator pool indeed we are we're always looking um, at ways that we can make content that kind of resonates with our patrons um, and make sure that you know it's it's the voice of that book um, I hope that helps next we'll go to Don Horn yes hi Don Horn I'm a Bard mobile user and I'm a bookaholic my question is would it be possible, would you consider thinking about allowing people to set up individualized shelves in Bard Mobile so that, for example, I could separate my poetry collection and the music that I'm learning from books that I'm wanting to read? Ooh, this is a really interesting question. I am going to say at my level, knowing what I know with our connections to what is known as our Office of Information, our IT department, we would need to have some interesting conversations because bandwidth within our current portfolio would be something that we need to consider. That is not a no. It means we just need to navigate with our IT department. What does it look like to create those specific parameters that allows users to have access to that? And then how much bandwidth, gigabytes in some cases, because some people love so many books. Oh my goodness, we could even get into a whole other option when it comes to bandwidth but I, I definitely see there's something that is an option i just need to figure out what that conversation looks like from the people i connect with to say what does this look like if a user wanted to do this what's the cost what's the time frame what's the capacity because right now we do have a lot of things in the cloud and while we obviously visually believe that the cloud is limitless they're really a bunch of servers sitting somewhere on the side of a mountain so we all know that it is not going to be unlimited. There is going to be a capacity item within that situation. Judy, you want to say anything on that one? I just want to clarify the question just a little bit. Are you talking about once you have downloaded the book, you would just want to sort them into folders that you can name yourself on your device? That's what I'm talking okay. about. Okay. After yeah, I've downloaded I, that's what it, he's talking about. it wouldn't I, all be in either talking I, book or Braille. I understand. Right now, people can only divide books into talking book or braille, and he just wants to be able to have more folders and divide it into mysteries and westerns and whatever. I, I suspect it's um, 
relatively doable. Area code 414, area code ending in 878. Thank you. This is Alice Masta from Wisconsin, and due to the emphasis on the expediency of the availability of some of our talking books coming through uh, the commercial audio books, I, like many people, sorely miss the peripheral parts of books that are not a part of the commercially recorded books. And I'm wondering, since those seem to not seem to be coming our way, could we order a portion of the book that we are missing in Braille? And the acknowledgments and so forth is what I'm talking about. Additionally, we, we have a question, and I think I'm going to let Alice or Judy take this one because we understand what you're saying. This one's a little bit more intricate that idea um yeah it depends as the unfortunately um the lawyer's answer always um it depends on whether we have the ebook it depends on you know with availability of the information i think that it's not a no it can't be a yes blanket yes but it's definitely if there's an opportunity to provide that in and you are willing to kind of take what we can produce easily then I say, I say, I say it depends, but probably yes. And Judy has a follow-up. It's support of you, I have a feeling. One way, one thing we've talked about, because they're audio books and they need to be consumed by audio readers, uh, one thing we've talked about is producing the parts of the books that are missing, and I certainly understand what you're talking about, which is footnotes and references, things like that, producing it in synthetic speech. What would you think about that? Well, that's an idea to talk about in our in our groups here when we have conversations with people. We talked about, I think this is coming up in the focus groups, and, and I think most people think that's an excellent idea. That's been the pretty much. All right. One more question, Monica. Agnes, you can unmute. <laughs> with the e-reader, is it designed so that you can also hook it up to your computer and use it as a Braille display while you're working on your yeah. computer? I can answer that one. Yes. It is. Okay. Thank you. And since I was holding the mic. Mary Beth, you can ask your question. Okay. A quick um, Marrakesh Treaty question. Um, let's, let's just say that I'm here in New York State and I want to um, borrow. I know Chaucer and Middle English is at RNIB. Okay. Um, you guys requested from RNIB or my, or my library does, cooperating library. But now RNIB has gone to... Braille on demand. At least that's my understanding. Does that mean that I get my own copy of Chaucer in Middle English, or is there some other part in the middle there? Thank you. We we are not at that level yet, but my collection development person <laughs> is saying, but there is a, a response. You're gonna have okay. to work the system. You're gonna have to work the system. But let me tell you, if you get it, we're gonna get it electronically, right? And then we can do a Braille on demand for you using that. So what you're not going to get the RNIB Braille on demand, but we'll order the Chaucer book for you. It'll come, you know, we'll have it available. And then you can right. read it on your e-reader or you can order it on NLS Braille on demand, right? So you get it. Okay. But you get, you got to you know who to ask and what the uh, question is. So they don't do the C-mail thing anymore. Okay, great. Okay. Thank great. you so much. Super. Mama Otter. Real quick question. When will the um, digital players that have the Wi-Fi connectivity be available? 
we are, again, supply chain issues. I was starting to say you should start to see some things, information coming out about that toward the end of the year. We are learning a little bit more. Within, but just information about the specific items. But I would say supply chains are slowing some things down. So things are being pushed into 23 as far as maybe rollout as for when things come out into 24 as well. Oh, my goodness. My staff has even telling me even longer because they're more closer to it. I'm saying at least two years. <laughs> I think they are. I'm just like supply chain. From that, I have two people who are closest to it telling me, like, no, push that back even further. Because I look at it from a fiscal standpoint, and they're like, no, it might be where you will see information come out this year about it being, unfortunately, released in 2425. Barbara Scheinbein. Hi. Um, this is Barbara from St. Louis. And I have a question, kind of idle curiosity on audiobooks. They have a section quite often called Table of Contents, and the contents are read. And that's awesome when the Table of Contents has words in it you know uh, the first part of his life or something but a lot of books don't have words they just call them chapter one so if you listen to the table of contents all you're hearing is chapter one chapter two chapter three mm -hmm. it's like why did they bother to record that i i just skip it of course and the answer is that's what's written in the book and you want what's written in the book that's it okay next question quick question if i want a book, say from Kindle, because it's not available on Bard or anywhere else, Bookshare, but I also want it in, to be able to read it in Braille. How can I request that NLS make that book available so that I can have it in an alternate uh, media? There's two ways. I know one can go through the network library, which then reference that to us, and that's probably the I would say the best way because we constantly are in connection with our network libraries, but I would start there first. What state are you in? Texas. Texas? Oh, you're in Texas. If you, if you have an e-reader, get your e-reader and hook it to your phone. You can read tons of billions of books. Uh, Texas is not yet, I'm hearing. You will I, don't be I don't. I have a, I use a, a. Okay. You use Kindle, but there is Kindle app on your phone. And it's quite good. You'll read it with synthetic speech, but you probably can't get it in Braille unless you're going to do a Braille. Use your Braille display. Any Monica, okay. That's the answer. We have one Monica more. Area code 410. I find it very frustrating to try to search for books in Braille on the BARD mobile app. Uh, when you go to uh, uh, browse the BARD website, is there a way to divide very specifically search for books in audio, search for books in Braille? Um, Judy? I just find it very challenging. In your BARD mobile user settings, you can set Braille only, and you will only see Braille. Now, you can unset that when you do want audio, but if you did that, you would only get Braille books in your search results. Also, when you do a search, the, book, the audio books and Braille books are divided by headings, so you can turn your rotor to heading and go directly to the Braille books. Okay, I'll try that. Thanks a bunch. And you can do that on your stream, too. Um, okay, I'm going to close this session. Um, we have been so just delighted to have Mr. Broughton here with us and so, so much addition from Judy and Alice. And uh, thank you so much. And this so enriches our sessions. And with this, I will say good afternoon, but please stay here because Brian...
Charlson is going to be with us in just a few minutes when we reopen the room and tell us all kinds of things about your library that you never knew.